Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Okay, today's episode is The Do-Over. How to get started after a lull. A lull. That sounds so... A sexual lull. Ugh, that sounds so foreboding. <laughs> that sounds so, so no dramatic. No sex. The desert. <laughs> Where is the, the oasis? The dry season. The very dry season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the lull. The lull. I mean, that, what do you think about that, um, especially in committed relationships? The longer a relationship goes on... Lori, are we are we expecting that to happen? Is that in healthy couples? Does that does that happen? I mean, what what do we think about it? Because in the middle of it, right, it's 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 scary. It is right? scary. It's really Will scary. Will it ever restart? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think unfortunately in life there are lulls. Yeah. You know, and there are ebbs and flows. I mean, in our emotional life. Sometimes we're going through seasons where we do feel deeply connected and other times not so much. And for many reasons, there are sexual lulls, mm-hmm. right? I mean, sometimes just post-pregnancy. Uh, you I know, mean, that's a, a, a doctor-ordered yeah, sexual lull, yeah. right? And that, that can be, especially if maybe the last tri- trimester she wasn't as into it or she was too big for it or, you know, it can be longer than six weeks and that can be trying. Yeah, and then you got lulls where like – Things just kind of steamroll and, and snowball unexpectedly. Um, yeah. Travel, work travel is work one Work travel, I'm and then of. you get sick and you get the flu and your mm-hmm. kids get sick after that and nobody's, everybody's exhausted and it's been, and suddenly it's like a month lull. Yeah. Uh, changes in routine as well. Like right now, I mean, life transitions. I mean, we talked about baby transitions, work transition, moves. Yeah. Uh, menopause. Yeah. Lots of different stuff that can cause those. And a lot of times your habit or your routine, your sexual routine just gets completely busted and it goes for a long time that it becomes really hard to restart that. 
Exactly. I will say, you know, I wrote the book <laughs> on <laughs> sexlessness, wanting sex again, and, you know, how to heal a sexless marriage. And really, even just recently, I've had couples restart sex after six years and after a year and a half. That was wow. just recently. I know it feels hopeless out there, and we are with you. We know how helpless it might feel after a long lull yeah. to believe that there is any chance of restarting. Yeah. But many times there is, and sometimes it's based on misconceptions and things that your partner thinks, and it's, well, it's the, a big and, and the longer it goes snafu. on, too, yeah, I mean, the longer it goes on, it starts to become a really deep place of shame for people. It does. Right? They don't and even it, want to talk about it. They don't want to admit it. I mean, I think even saying when you said six years and a year and a half, I think there's people out there who would go, well, that's us, uh-huh. right? And uh-huh. they don't realize how common those long lulls can be and because yeah. again because it just it it's one thing after another steamrolls and then the more you're out of it the harder it is to get back in it and it can stretch for years yep. and that is not really that uncommon it, it's uh, not happening. that uncommon unfortunately yeah. but we understand it is I, I don't think it's healthy right sure sure because yeah. i think sex is glue for a relationship and so a lull is problematic but it's also a symptom of something that's going on that needs to be analyzed and it needs to be figured out. Mm. And a lot of times it, you know, the person who isn't as interested, sometimes they kind of get all the blame, but oftentimes the other person, you know, is participating in a dynamic that they may not even be able to see, you know, but is adding to the problem that creates the lull. I think that's a good point. The vast majority of the time, both members of the couple are contributing to this. They right. are. In some form or fashion. Yeah. But often they get into a lull because they start blaming the other person at, for the reason. They don't – my partner doesn't want sex. Um, they're too pushy. There's too much pressure to have sex. We're not emotionally connected. How could I possibly have sex with them? Yeah. Uh, they're always angry all the time. If they would just lessen their anger. There's all these reasons were why we're saying – you sitting in my room this, this, <laughs> this week? Uh, I mean, that, I, that was my room this week. I mean, it's yeah. just all – I mean, it's seriously – I mean, it's everyone. I mean, when there's – when there's no sex, we look for someone to blame, and usually the person is in the bed with us. Yeah, right, <laughs> for sure. And and like that, there's no sex because they don't want to have sex. That's right, and and that's who that's there. We blame the nearest person, and we don't we fail to see how we're contributing to it. Yeah, and it that's that's the hardest part. The hardest part is how I am contributing to um, the lull. And, and, to and understand I think that. I mean we understand that, it, especially if you are the person who wants to have sex that it's so exquisitely painful and it's like you've committed in monogamy to this person that won't be sexual with you and it's just so frustrating. I mean, we really, truly, deeply get how hurtful this position is and how frustrating it can be to how do you turn the tide, Mm. you know, because somehow or another it seems like pressure doesn't work, initiation doesn't work, seduction doesn't work. Withdrawal doesn't work. Withdrawal really doesn't work. Yeah, I think I think there's there's two common things that I see that we how we try to handle a lull that is problematic. Right. One, we get really angry at the person and we start to demand sex. Right. And oh, we start yeah. to point out how that problematic so well. it is. We start to count the weeks that go by that we haven't had a criticize. Sex. Um, we start to criticize them. And, w- and it's a lashing out against our partner um, that just becomes really problematic because it just starts to highlight the problem 
of no sex. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. We, we're crossing days off a calendar or we might as well be. Well, we didn't have sex today. Didn't have sex. And like that buildup just starts to, it keeps the law from breaking because there starts to be such this buildup of pressure on the relationship. I'm nodding, Adam. Yeah. Yes, I'm totally nodding. Yeah, I mean, it's just it just grows into this thing that's too heavy for either one yeah. of us. I, I think another thing that happens is we make up our own translation and understanding about what is happening. Yes. So we say maybe, well, my partner's just not a sexual creature. Mm. They're just not very sexual. They've always been frigid. They were never... That into it. We we, We give our partner a diagnosis. We say they're broken sexually, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this one, this one is so surprising to the person who wants sex and the other person who seemingly doesn't want sex Mm -hmm. to to really, because I often interview them both separately. And the person who doesn't seem to be as sexual often tells me, well, you know, I masturbate, of course, because, you know, I, I have a need and, or... Or they're like, I want to have sex, but there's this, that, and the other thing that stops me with my partner's behavior. And, I mean, they really are often more sexual than their partner knows and I think might take hope in. Mm. You know, they would take hope if they could know that about their partner, but things are so shut down during a lull, a, a prolonged lull, that they don't know that about their partner. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons, too, is because the the opposite reaction of the lashing out to me is the withdrawal, is the shutdown, mm-hmm. is the we're not I'm not even going to talk about it um, stance mm-hmm. because and there's a lot of reasons why that is. Shame might be one of them. Um, fear might be another one. But mm-hmm. the the opposite response of let's just not we're just not going to talk about it. And if it happens, it happens. Um, yeah. type of response. Yeah. That, do you see Do you see that do. one as often too? Yeah, often. Or, or it's just such a loaded subject. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, a lot of times it results mm-hmm. in a lot of conflict, right? Mm-hmm. And I often hear the other side too, you know, the one person who that's the way they bring it up, they only talk about the sexual lull. Mm. They don't necessarily acknowledge what their partner is saying about the reasons for that and what their partner might be feeling. So so they frame it too sexually instead of dynamically. I, I know there's something between us and mm. and it's reflected and I see it in our lack of sexual intimacy. But I know this is complicated. Let's talk about the complications here. Your part, my part, you know, what's happening for you in this? What do you feel about this lull? What else is happening that maybe makes you withdraw sexually or maybe makes you withdraw emotionally from me? Yeah. You know, it, it has and to often, be a broad conversation. And oftentimes that the sexual law could be symptomatic of a lot of other things that are going on yep. in a relationship, right? Yep. And not having a willingness to look at all of it. If you're just wanting to look at the sexual component of it, that can be very limiting in the mm-hmm. conversation with your partner, right? Because it's yeah. only addressing one need. It's easy pickings. Oh yeah, you know, for sure. I can I can point to that as something that's wrong, maybe something that you're not doing, but it's harder to see the more intangibles, the the emotional connection that's broken, the the hurts, the betrayals, you know, mm. I mean all of that could be compiled into this lull. Well, and it's so easy to fall into the trap of thinking the sexual part is the easiest fix. Right. Yeah, if we just we can just do it any second. That's right. I mean, we, it's over. We're, the we're, lull is over. We're capable. We're we're two adults. I mean, why shouldn't we be able to to do this? And so the emotional piece or the or the other piece that's wrong in our relationship 
seems unmovable and so it seems harder to talk about or harder to get a handle on mm-hmm. um, and so that we end up not talking about that one and just focusing on the sex yeah well let's come back after the break and talk about how to get over the lull you are listening to foreplay radio sex therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews we'll be right back Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Weekend couples intensives are also offered. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthews with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. back with Four Play Radio Sex Therapy and today we're talking about the lull and this second half we're going to talk about how to get over the lull. Yeah, how do we climb out of this sexual hole that we've fallen into this okay. dry desert season? Well, we said don't start with criticism. That's a good one. But the first thing I think you should start with, I was reading a post and it was by a woman named Elena Maurer and she was talking about the lull. And she essentially said, go for sweetness. I mean, Mm. start out by saying something like, you know, I miss making love to you. Uh, I think that's a good one. I mean, open the subject with something warm, something sweet versus criticism. Yeah. Those types of things, they're invitations, right? Um, Yeah. We talk about bids a lot. I mean, it's a bid. It's It's an invitation to return. And it's also saying, this is something I miss. Like it's, it, it, I miss, and it's not just that I miss sex, right? Yeah. I miss, I miss you. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like saying I want, or you want sex is the wrong question. Saying I miss sex is different than I miss you. I miss being yeah. in bed with you. I miss the intimacy with you and making love to you. Yeah. I miss this component of that's our so relationship. That's so personal. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I think that that's warm 
which is so important when there's been a lull. And it's such it's not a demand. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I think we got to get away from it, the the demand of if I don't get sex, this relationship is over. Or mm-hmm. if I don't get sex, then you know we're what are we? We're not even married anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like those those are demands and they're ultimatums as opposed to I miss you, I want you. I feel I really need and and want this this component of our relationship with you specifically. Right. And it's a reparative request, Mm. right? So this is a relationship that we believe is workable sexually, and we're reaching out to our partner. Yeah. You know, I, I have some people that one person is not sure that it's workable sexually. I am absolutely sure that it's workably, workable sexually. Yeah. And I know that <clears throat> one of the things that is missing is that sort of responding to the bids of their partner, yeah. both sexual and emotional, because their partner, while they're not having very much sex, has made sexual bids, you know, and then it comes at the right or it comes at the wrong time, mm. you know, not the right temperature, not the right way. I mean, as much as the the first person wants sex, it's like the bids are blocked. And so I think that many times I see something in a relationship that the one partner is sure is unworkable as absolutely dynamic. Yeah. You know, and so while I do think sex is essential for committed partnership in the long run, I do think that many times beginning this way with a sweet offering is the best way and and some belief that, you know, we can get through this. Yeah. I think another way that we can start to get out of the law is we don't always have to go for the full kit and caboodle right away. The full Monty, the so full to speak. The full Monty, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the, the whole hog. I mean, we don't like, we don't have to just jump right back into intercourse. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I think... One of the things that we build back that also falls away when we're in these lulls is just other forms of affection and touch. Yeah. Right. We don't just stop having sex. We stop holding hands. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't just stop cuddling having sex. Naked. Cuddling. We don't kiss as often. We don't kiss as passionately. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't make out anymore. Right. You know, and we don't just hold each other. And so all of these things that are a vital part of a healthy sexual relationship, we don't just lose intercourse. We lose all of those things. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. get climbing back out a lot of times may be starting slower than we would necessarily want to. And just reminding ourselves, we, we get to hold hands when we walk down the street. We get to make out, you know, on the couch. We get to hold each other when we're falling asleep at night. Like those type of things that we can eat much more easily and safely bring back into the relationship that are um, could lead to sexual encounters. It increases the likelihood that they will because all of a sudden touch isn't as foreign in the relationship yeah. anymore. So if like, you're getting over a, a lull, I love what you're saying, Adam, is at least bring back touch first. Yes. Affection. You know, one of the things that causes lulls that we haven't talked about for a while is pain problems. Maybe yeah. maybe the woman has problems with pain during sexual intercourse, and so she can't have sexual intercourse. And the downside of that is they often stop sex altogether. And what I mean by sex is, you know, they're not having orgasms together. They're not touching each other. They're not enjoying making love in different ways, which they could be. Yes. You know, it's almost like it becomes, you know, we got to have the, the dirty deed in order to have sex. And and they miss out on the sexual experience. And so. a lot of times, too, I mean, this may be a little side train that we're taking here, Lori, but a lot of ways there become problems with intercourse in general, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. that's pain on her end, whether that's 
some kind of sickness, whether that's on his end, whether that's ED, whether that's mm-hmm. something that's going on. Like you said, we tend to cease all sexual activity, but keeping some sexual activity alive in the relationship is going to prevent a lull in the long run, right? It's going to be preventative. So whichever direction you're coming at it from, if intercourse becomes a problem and there's something that's standing in the way... Doesn't mean you're not having sex. That's right. It doesn't mean your sexual relationship is, is done until you can have intercourse again. Right, exactly. Okay, so I think one thing when you have had the lull and you've talked about it... I think one thing is to kind of set truly the first time an agreement about when you're going to have sex. Yes. Because this reduces the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've had a lull and you say, yeah, let's become sexual again, it's like nail it down. Well, let's – why don't we do it on Saturday? Sex night. You know, sex night. We'll, we'll have sex. And I'm not talking about forever scheduling. Everybody resists that so much. I mean, mm. But I think – I think what we're saying, though, is there is a bit of a safety net in that. Mm -hmm. There is a, for the ones that are the pursuers that are trying to have more sex, like there's a safety net of least going, okay, if she rejects me five times, you know, um, the sixth time, I know that she's agreed that she's going to say yes. Yes. Um, And for the distancer or the one that is maybe more resistant to Mm reengaging sex, it gives you the freedom to be able to say no, but also helps prime the pump, so to speak, that you know when it's coming. You can prepare a little mm-hmm. bit more for it. You can do the things that are necessary to get in the right frame of mind. Exactly. Um, and it, it's such it, a it's lot such of sexual a distancers need that forewarning. They need time to wrap their mind around it, to transition from the list of all that they've got to do into the bedroom where they are supposed to be present, letting go mm-hmm. of that list, and and being sexual. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I I think an agreement is really important. Yeah, it, it's a pact, really, mm-hmm. that we're not going to let our sexual relationship just go by the wayside. Yeah. I, I also think that the first time back should be break the ice sex. Mm. You know, tell I tell mean, me what, you, what do you mean by so that? So I mean low expectations. Mm. Just get her done. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> quick, it's quick like. Quick and easy? <laughs> yeah. Quick. Yeah, I mean, just like do it and get it done and. You know, have an orgasm. Hopefully, both parties have an orgasm, and and that's it. Yeah. You know, don't don't judge it as well. But it, you know, oh my gosh, that's going to be indicative of the quality from here on. Mm. Nothing's changed, or you know, don't load it up. Yeah. What I like about what you're saying is you're lowering your expectations for what's going to happen, and that's yes. so that's so key because I think when our expectations get really high, and that's easy to do when there's been a lull. Right. I mean, that's so easy to do because you're like the first time, you know, it's got to be we've been holding back. So it's got to be fireworks and parades and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's not it it often isn't. But lower it it can be. It often usually isn't. It usually isn't. And so lowering (laughs) your expectations about that gets you back. But you're talking about gets you back in that rhythm. It gets you back in the the group. Yeah. I mean, it's you're naked again together. Yeah. You know, and there's vulnerability in just taking your clothes off. Hmm. I mean, sometimes when there's a lull, I mean, you just you just got to do it, and it's a throwaway sex time, mm-hmm. you know. And that that helps, especially it helps the person who is very, very, very anxious about this encounter, you know. Like it's been so long, and I'm afraid you're going to judge it. I'm afraid you're going to judge me. I mean, just tell me, you know what? Let's just do it. We'll get out of bed. We'll go have pizza. Yeah. You know, Let, let's just get it done. We haven't done it for so long. It's like now we've done it. Now we can start the ball rolling. And I, and I would say, too, that that reminds me as well of something that you say often that uh, that I just love, which is don't 
make your first time back be at 11 o'clock at night right before you're going to go to sleep. Oh, yeah. Like that is not the time to do it. Set aside some time, send the kids to the babysitter, do it before dinner, mm-hmm. you know, like where it's a, it's a lot more intentional You and you can focus on it and have some more attention to it and get it done and go have pizza. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Okay. What, so getting over a lull. What did we learn today, Lori? What are our takeaways? Okay. So first we want to ask ourselves, how long is the lull? right? If it's a short lull, you know, probably these techniques are really going to help. If it's a long lull, like years long, you're probably going to need some assistance and some help and some therapy to get through it. So first, how long is it? And then the next thing is go for the sweetness, Mm -hmm. right? Ask in a way that is inviting and warm and welcoming to your partner. Yeah. And then the next thing is ease back in, keep the affection in the small ways in your relationship. You don't have to go straight into orgasm, hold hands, make out more, massages, back rubs, hold each other, all those kind of things. Yeah, watch TV cuddled up. Yeah, those things, add those things back into your relationship first. I I love that. Form an agreement as to when you're going to do it and then just break the ice. Yeah. Okay? Well, you're listening to 4Play Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. Thanks so much. It's been fun talking to you about the lull. We wish you no lulls. Hey, help us stay on top here at 4Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. 